It's stage 8 of the Tour de France. We've hit the high mountains. Hold on to your hat because some of the big contenders are out of this year's Tour de France. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness and our longevity? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. back road men it's our daily tour de france podcast and today we're talking about stage eight in the tour de france for the second day in a row i'm bringing you this podcast from my mobile location anyone that's been around ireland uh, i'll know i'm down in the scanner at the moment and the scanner is the west coast of ireland uh, in county clare and it's absolutely beautiful one of the nicest places in the world scenery wise never mind ireland so it's yeah it's been amazing i got to get out and ride the bike today and i've had a couple of uh events the last couple of weeks which i've really enjoyed i've been doing some corporate speaking in the last couple of weeks and that's very rewarding just getting to speak in that kind of dynamic of one to many and getting influ- getting to influence how people work and hopefully giving them some hacks for increasing their productivity increasing their lifespan increasing their health increasing their happiness because that's after all that's what we're all about the health happiness longevity on this podcast and if we can use cycling as a tool to do that happy days but today i was down working with a cycling club in the burren so that was super super enjoyable uh, but it means that I am having to improvise, adapt and overcome to bring you guys the podcast and you know a lot of the time that's the way for our training because you know the days we just feel good and everything goes to plan everybody can train but it's the days when we have to work it into our schedule or we have to make it happen that's the difference and I like to think that's a little bit of what I've done with the podcast today I had to work it into the schedule so full day with the guys and now I'm back home watch the stage record the podcast and then get out for a bit of grub before heading home to dublin tomorrow but i will get a little bit of exploring exploring around the barn tomorrow before i get going i'm loving the tour de france podcast so far but i'd be lying if i said that i'm not missing the cadence of our daily kind of our daily little chat so that's why i said i'd start this podcast a little bit more like our normal podcast and get a little bit off my chest and just fill you guys in as to what i've been up to because the daily tour de france podcast it, it has been that it's been full on and uh you know it's just going through the action and uh chronicling the action each day by day and that's entertaining exciting but it's exhausting at times as well and i feel like i lose my connection with you guys a little bit so i just wanted to take that brief little time out and fill you in as to what's going on okay let's jump into stage eight before i do that I would remind you again, this podcast isn't sponsored. We don't have a title sponsor. It's sponsored by the listeners. And the way they do that, it's through something called Patreon, patreon.com. I'm going to put the link in the bio. My link is patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. What this is, is the crowdfunding way to support the podcast. It means the burden isn't on one particular person or one particular company to support the podcast, but it's spread among all the listeners. And each of you making a small contribution gets to fund this podcast and make sure we keep going forward. The Tour de France is an especially taxing time because I've committed to doing a daily Tour de France podcast uh, all the way through the tour, especially taxing on resources and extra costs to bring the podcast daily. And so that's why I need your support on Patreon now more than ever. So I'm going to leave the link in the bio. 
If you want to buy me a beer, you want to buy me a coffee once a month to say thanks because you're getting some valuable information or at worst you're getting some entertainment. That's the way to do it. Okay, stage eight. We're into the Pyrenees and best stage so far. Like you would think the way I went kind of waffling at the start about what I'm up to looking out the window here at cows and sheep that I was trying to pad out this podcast that there wasn't enough to talk about. Quite the contrary, quite the contrary. Uh, it feels fitting to actually say au contraire and throw in a little bit of French given how much of an amazing day it was for French cycling today. We'll get to that in a minute. What I'm pretty concerned about is news breaking out of Tour de France, which I heard today for the first time. On Monday's rest day, they intend to test the entire peloton for COVID and all the staff. If there's a significant number of tests positive, the Tour de France is going to be off. We won't see the Tour de France on Tuesday. This really concerns me at the moment. And it means you need to be racing today and tomorrow like it's the last two days of the Tour de France. Because it could very well be the last two days of the Tour de France. Now, I absolutely hope it's not because it's fascinating to watch it unfold and I still think it's in the you know I talk a lot in the podcast about this three-act narrative it's beginning middle and end set up conflict resolution we're in the early stages of this three-act narrative we're in act one and it's just getting set up in the Pyrenees so uh, it'll be heartbreaking <laughs> heartbreaking for me as a viewer on the podcaster I imagine it'd be more heartbreaking for sponsors and writers but yeah I don't know the statistical likelihood if you tested 500 random people, what statistically, how many positives would we have? I don't know. Somebody slide into the DMs and let me know. Uh, like If that number is close to the threshold they need for calling off the tour, we're in big trouble. We're in big, big trouble. Uh, other than just briefly non-Tour uh, de France news, Tom Pitcock won the Baby Giro. Tom Pitcock, the promising up-and-coming uh, rider uh, riding for Andrew McQuaid and Irish guys, Trinity Racing. And great result for him and you know he's destined for big things so we'll see how that unfolds for him uh okay we're on the two big climbs today our first horse category horse french for beyond first beyond categorization climb in this year's tour de, Fr- tour de france the port de ballet and the breakaway went but really it was a show at the front of the race between two guys uh enred zacharin and peters from uh as you ag2r and the maximum lead for the break went up to over 15 minutes at one stage. But Zacharin and Peters played out this uh, kind of crazy game of cat and mouse where they were coming over the top of the Porta Ballets together. Zacharin can't descend for shite. He's one of the worst descenders I've ever seen as a professional rider. He descends like a poor amateur would descend. He goes around corners like 50p pieces. He descends on his hoods. And, oh, he's horrible. He breaks through corners instead of scrubbing speed before it. It, it's horrible, horrible to watch. It's almost like a show to people for... We talked yesterday about showing the yesterday stage to kids as an example of how to ride crosswinds and how to stay up front and the importance of team leaders riding through and the crosswinds to benefit from the cross tail and to stay up front. But Zacharin was like today, the picture of how not to descend. Shocking, shocking stuff. So he was gapped and he lost almost 35 seconds on the descent to the Porte de Ballet. And he started clawing it back on the last climb of the day to call the pair of suit. And he was back to 10 seconds at one point. And I thought he had Peters again. My fear for his safety was if he came over the top of the pair of suit with like a 5-10 second lead on Peters. 
because he was going to kill himself on the way down, no doubt. So I'm glad that he blew up over the top. And Peters went on to take an amazing historic victory, 26 years old. He took a victory last year in the Giro. He's taking a victory now in the Tour de France. Ages who are needed it, French cycling needed it, and great day for them. I want to focus on the GC action because a great day for France in one respect, but Thibaut Pino absolutely blew his lights. Whole, or the whole uh, Francis de Chaux team went back for him. No bueno for Pino. He's gone. He's out of GC contention in this year's Tour de France. I think he lost 28 minutes or something crazy in the end. He was dropped on the port of Balles. He was dropped when there was still a lot of domestiques left in. He clearly... Pino, I, I don't want to do the commentary thing and say he clearly hasn't recovered from that back injury. He's such a frustrating rider because if he has anything wrong with him, he's fucking out of the tour. We've seen last year with a small knee injury. We've seen riders... Like, I've had Tyler Hamilton on the podcast. Hopefully, we'll get him on again um, next week to talk about how he's seen the tour. We've seen Tyler Hamilton grinding down his teeth with a broken collarbone and going on and winning stages in the tour. Pino has anything wrong with him. I don't want to stereotype it and say it's a French thing, but the French are very prone to this. Just lack of rolling up the sleeves and lack of grit. And Pino, again, exhibiting that frustrating lack of grit. Like, I love the rider. I love watching how he races. But he is a delicate little flower, if ever I've seen one. Opposite end of the delicate flower spectrum, I would say, is Pavel Sivakov. He still looks like he's ruined. Maybe Ineos are saying, you know, you just chill out for the first couple of weeks. But they need him back because... Bernal was badly isolated today but honestly there was lieutenant soldiers dropping all over the place today because Sepp Kuss the young American kid who I spoke so fondly of who's climbing nose breeding up the climbs he's been killing people looks like the strongest rider in the race nearly and he was dropped on the port of ballet as well which left Roglic very isolated so it was crazy, crazy. Uh, I hope actually all you kind of amateur riders who are heading away when COVID ends uh, took some notes on the descents because descents are cold. You see a lot of the riders grabbing for a newspaper at the top of the descent and that's to provide some insulation from the wind on the way down. Even though temperatures today I think topped out at 32, 33 degrees, the descents are freezing in the Pyrenees and the Alps and it's the same if you're going to Mallorca or anywhere else. So having that GLA, having the newspaper, something to throw in, really insulates you. Just thought it was a nice little takeaway tip for someone. Because a lot of the time, the commentators talk awful turf. Especially, I'm not sure where you're listening to it. But if you're listening on Eurosport, the comment, Sean Kelly talks a lot of sense. But the commentators talk a lot of shite. And a lot of time, it's watching what the writers is doing rather than listening to what the commentators are saying. Riders are doing things for a reason. And you see them putting the newspapers on. That's for a reason. We've spoke about Wout van Aert. We've spoke about what an amazing talent he is. In my view, the best bike rider in the world at the moment. What the kid can't do is... I don't know. I don't know what he can't do. Phenomenal. He rode the last climb, the Col de Perissoud. Difficult, difficult climb. And he rode... The end of the Porta Ballet, he rode the descent and he rode the start of the call the Parasud. He was dropping good riders. Like he won yesterday's bunch sprint and he was dropping guys who can really go uphill, like former world champion from Ineos Kiyakovsky. Like he is such an epic talent. It's unbelievable. And Roglic is just blessed to have him there. But honestly, if you ask me today, I think Ineos sorry, uh, Jumbo Visma, they've been exposed a little bit. Coming into today, I would have said Ineos, or I keep saying Ineos, because I just think dominant team Ineos. 
coming into today, I would have said Jumbo Visma are almost unpenetrable. They're that strong. But Roglic was isolated. It must give other... Now, every other GC rider was isolated too. But it must really give Roglic uh, like a little bit of panic now. And it must give the other GC guys a little bit of hope. Dumoulin started setting this crazy pace, which Yates couldn't follow. I actually had a quote there from Yates. Let me see if I can find a quote from Yates. Uh, Yates said, The climate of Payersud was just pretty hard. We let the break go from the beginning, but Jumbo Visma really went for it, and I just had to hang on. Um, I was doing okay, and then Tom Dumoulin set a very fast pace. I had to pull over and ride my own pace and come back at my own time and then stay with them over the top like i said yesterday this is the first big test the first real big mountain stage so why not test the riders with the pace they set they thought they could take some time off people why not do it sooner rather than later i'm not sure what that was about uh just want to take it day by day it's pretty hard to throw away uh it's pretty hard to throw away the lead it's not every day you lead the tour de france so i'll try and keep it for as long as possible yates rode brilliantly today he rode valiantly but again exposed and we'll see, as I said, the difficulty of getting riders on who are actually in the middle of it. But I'll try to get Matt White on next week. Probably more difficult again if Yates is in yellow. But sure, we'll give it a dart and see if we can get him. And see, I don't think he can do anything. Yates is isolated. Like, he doesn't have the climbers in the team. Uh, he had Esteban Chavez there today who lasted a little bit. But, you know, Esteban Chavez, he looks like the soundest lad in the bunch. I'd say he's some crack. But like I just, he's not going to be able to climb. Yates is struggling to hold on. Yates is strong enough as a good domestique at the moment for Roglic. Um, but oh, I don't know. I don't see Yates holding the jersey. You could see when it started attacking, it looked to me the strongest. Where well, Pogacar by a mile because he went out and he took time. Then after that, Roglic and Cantana looked the strongest because it was interesting when Pogacar hit it. Roglic followed. Cantana went. There was a little bit of a regroup, and just as GC boys were getting on, like Bernal and Yates and stuff, Pogacar hit it again. The classic shake and bake. Hit it, wait for him to recover, still in the red, hit it again. That's how you know you're on a super, super good day. And, yeah, that kid, Tajay Pogacar, just looks next level strong. Like, almost, he'd show that, you know, youthful naivety yesterday, missing time in the crosswinds, but... There's a lot of bike racing left, and this guy looks unstoppable. Roglic, there's a, you know, I heard people talking about maybe a little bit of suspicion with the Slovenian national. They didn't chase each other. Bullshit. Roglic is here to win the Tour de France, so there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that, you know, he went to chase him. He just couldn't go the second time. Have a listen to this list of riders now who've kind of lost a bit of time on GC because we had... Bardet leading in the GC guys, which Adam Yates is putting out fires all over the place today. He he'd be wearing a, a Dublin Fire Brigade uniform tomorrow. Like Bardet tried to jump him on the way in the road, with only a couple of k left because Bardet only needed twelve seconds to take the yellow jersey. Imagine that for France. What a historic day that would have been. It would have been insane. Bardet in yellow, and we had Peters winning the stage. You can forget about it. France would be closed down. Uh, Oh, we'd Philippe absolutely blown up catastrophically. Philippe attacked. George Bennett went out the back. He was obviously on the limit. And that's what I mean about just Jumbo Visma being exposed. Sepp Kuss dropped. George Bennett dropped. Dumoulin set a big pace, but then he was ultimately dropped a little bit later. So Roglic left on his own. Yates puts out that fire on the way in, but he still gave away... Well, he only lost two seconds in the end. 
to Bardet, but Project Cars after taking 38 back of the 90 he lost yesterday. And then in that group behind, these are the big GC favourites now left in the race, in my opinion. We've Bardet, Lopez, Yates, Bernal, Landa, Guillemin Martin, Roglic, Quintana looks super good. I picked him on Instagram for stage, didn't happen. Rigoberto Aran, who looked very good, and we've Richie Port. That's it. Draw a line. That's the Tour de France is coming from there. Then underneath that, we have Einrich Maas. Out of the game, fam. Uh, what did he lose? 40-odd seconds. Maas, Molama, Carapaz. I call Carapaz as a soft prick earlier in the week. And he just looks at like the big money transfer. You're meant to be able to climb. He can't climb for peanuts. Like He looked like such a prick when I watched that uh, movie star documentary on Netflix. He doesn't look like he's good for team morale anywhere. And yeah, I, I'll happily smile when he's getting dropped. Don't know them all. Probably the nicest lad in the world. <laughs> there you go. You got to form opinion somehow. Uh, Emmanuel Buckman gone. You're out of the game, lad. Uh, he came in with Chavez. Look, he's over a minute back, and then two minutes back. We've uh, Valverde, Dumoulin, uh, like Alaphilippe is oh, twelve minutes. He lost game over there. Aru Martinez, Tivo Pino lost twenty five minutes. Crazy, crazy splits. Like it was always going to be the first mix up in GC. Didn't disappoint, folks. That's only day one of the Pyrenees. We're back into the Pyrenees again tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going for stage nine, and we're going from Po to Laurens, and we've two first category climbs with the call, the Col de Marie Blanc near the end, and that's a seven point seven kilometer climb. This is a sticky one at eight point six percent. Expect the same names. Expect the same names that ripped it up today to be forefront tomorrow. And if you've had a bad day today or a tough day like Yates, recovery tonight is going to be super important. Look, it's all to play for. And then we have the COVID drama we're going to have on the rest day. And then, you know, historically we've seen the day after rest days as being super important in the Tour de France where riders have had really good days or really bad days. So, look, it's it's all to play for. It's For us as viewers, it's drama, drama, drama. Oh, tough on the race, tough on the race. Uh, what a stage, loved it. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Will I be back from my little Clare base or will I be back from Dublin? I'll probably be back from Dublin unless I end up recording this podcast in transit on the car. But I'd be worried about the audio quality for that one. Guys, if you get a chance, head on over to patreon.com. Don't put it off, don't procrastinate. I have this thing, I nearly get it tattooed on me. Do it now. I have it written everywhere at the moment. I have it on little post-it notes. I have it on the top of my journal. Do it now. Because I always put stuff on the long list. There's no need to put stuff on the long list. Do it now. And that the Patreon is one of those things. I'd encourage you, just do it now. Don't put it on the long list. The link's in the description. Help support the podcast. Help ensure its longevity. Guys, thanks for listening. And I will be back to you again tomorrow for another stage of the Tour de France. Enjoy your evening. Chat to you all soon.